Norris Cole won multiple Larry O'Brien trophies, and I, at one point, hosted a radio show on the Miami Heat's flagship station. So there you go, samesies. We all contributed to those title years there for the Miami Heat. Norris Cole filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. You can find him at Norris Cole on the gram, at PG30 underscore Cole on X. You can find me at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So, Norris, since I have an NBA champ in the house, I've got to tap into your NBA expertise. Let's talk about talk this situation me, me, Amber, in Philadelphia. And I don't mean the game right now, the Bucks up on the 76ers right now. I don't even mean on the court. Let's talk about what's been happening off the court, though, because apparently James Harden not in this one. He's not playing. He's not even in the in Milwaukee. He's not with the team. He apparently was stopped from getting on the team plane by security. There's the drama there. But this thing has been drama since the offseason. He went to China. He called Darren Mori a liar. He's Yikes. showing up just enough just enough to get paid, but not enough actually to contribute to this Philadelphia 76ers team. What do you make of this drama in Philly? I'm not feeling the brotherly love. Mm. I'm not feeling the brotherly love. But this is what we can expect when, you know, when a guy like James Harden is uncomfortable or when he feels like someone or, or something has been done wrong, you know, his way, you know, he wants out and he, he has a way of getting his way of getting out. And I feel like I feel like he has the leverage right now because the Sixers, they have Joel Embiid. He's an MVP. He's a historically great player in his prime, and he wants to win a championship. So you can't have a guy who's declining, who's no longer in his prime, derail that. So the Sixers have to do everything they can to try to get that resolved. And he knows that. James Harden knows that. But James Harden also knows <laughs> he wants his money. He wants to mm -hmm. get paid. And he doesn't want the Sixers to hold on to his rights next year. So he's going to walk that little thin line to do everything he's contractually obligated to do. And he'll take a few fines here and there. But he's never going to take that one fine where they're going to have to say, you know what, we're keeping your rights until next year. And this is the game they're playing. It's like almost like a game of chicken almost. It's like, who going to give in first? And I think I think James Harden, his foot, his his feet, he's ten toes down on what he's gonna do. Well, certainly we've seen James Harden do this before in terms of getting yes. frustrated with a franchise, wanting out of a franchise, and doing what he can to force his way out of a franchise. But in this scenario, he's also trying to get paid. He's trying to do both. So he's sort of walking the line. He's still showing up for practice. He's mm -hmm. still showing up at the team facility. According right. to a Bleacher Report report, apparently the uh, Sixers, well, Nick, Nick Nurse and Elton Brand, so both the front office and the coaching staff have informed Harden that their plan is to have him work out at the team's practice site to allow monitoring of measurables and speed in their tracking system. So he is there with the team in part. But then, according to that same Bleacher Report report, he tried to get on the team plane to go to Milwaukee. And Bleacher Report is saying that team security actually stopped him and told him that he ain't allowed to do that. So there's some weirdness going on. And we've seen James Harden do this before. We've also 
also seen Daryl Morey do this before. I mean, we have mm -hmm. seen Daryl Morey be so patient with a player who wants out that we saw him let Ben Simmons sit on the side for a year before he bothered to trade Ben Simmons and get out of that deal what he felt like he could get for that player. So he has been incredibly patient before in running things. Patience here, I'm not sure it's going to pay off the same way because A, we know James Harden can make things incredibly ugly wherever he goes, but then mm -hmm. B, also, what else are you getting for James Harden? Like, is there a point? And we know he wants to go to Los Angeles, right? He wants to go to the Clippers. Is there a point the Clippers are all of a sudden going to be like, you know what, let's, let's give up the world for James Harden on an expiring deal at this point in his career for a dude who's technically still early 30s but feels a lot more like mid-30s? Yeah, well, the Ben Simmons situation is a little bit different than this situation. However, since the season has started, the Clippers are like, we're going to shut down all the trade talk because they have a player on their team that they need to play well. They need him to play well for the Clippers, and they also need him to play well for a potential trade. Two, they have to wait and see how healthy Kawhi and PG are because if they're going to remain healthy – they're no longer going to need to trade for James Harden. Remain if, healthy? Those guys remain healthy yeah, if they're going to remain the, healthy? That's the, that's the big if. That's, I know that's the big if, but you have to play your cards right and see. If they, if they start the season off well and they're not banged up already, you have, you know, Russell Westbrook already. You know, you have complimentary pieces already out there. Why make the trade for James Harden if, if, they're, if they're healthy, which is always the big if. I, I assume Terrence Mann is that other player that you're referring absolutely, to there absolutely, for the absolutely. Clippers. The thing and I is, feel bad for young fellas like him who's done everything right, then you hear your name in trade talk. That's rough. So I think that's that's kind of why the Clippers kind of settled down, was like, let's just see how the season starts off. And for the Sixers, you got to see what Tyrese Maxey, they might get out there and, and play well and bond together. Tobias Harris, get, he gets to step up and play You know how, how he wants to play and have a bigger role. You know, they might they might play well and they might not need to try to force his James hand to try to play. And maybe not, but I do wonder too, isn't that just going to bring the price down? See, this is the strategy that I don't quite understand from Daryl Morey because the risk that you're running is all of those things happening that you just suggested, where the Clippers end up being healthier than they've been in seasons past, where maybe Terrence Mann does actually start to look, frankly, untouchable because he is showing up and showing out in the mm. way that you would want him to. And the Clippers might start looking around like, hey, we don't really need this dude, you know? So why are we going to go out ahead and give up pieces for him at his age at this point in his career on an expiring deal. On the flip side, the 76ers also can find themselves in a situation where everybody else in the league can look at that team and say, hey, actually, they're playing pretty darn well without James Harden. So now they have to move him. So the price could come down from James Harden in both of those respects. I guess I just don't see what the strategy is from the Daryl Morey perspective. This isn't like Damian Lillard where in, I thought the Blazers were frankly, I thought that was a bit of nonsense, but they were trying to take their time because they, I guess felt like the price was going to go up for Damian Lillard. If anything, <laughs> right? Like they didn't, they weren't concerned. It was going to go down, right? They were giving more teams an opportunity to get involved with the James Harden situation. It feels like the Sixers are actually running the risk of the price going down. I don't see the it scenario. Won't, it won't go down. It can't go down because he's a okay. 20 and 11 player. That price could never go down. There's a now it might not go up exponentially, but it could never go down because there's not too many point guards in the NBA that walk around that's averaging 21 points, 11 assists, shooting 90% free throws. That that's not walking around. Even though he's not 
the same as he was in Houston. He's still averaging 21 and 11. He led the league in assists the last two years. So every franchise could use that. It's just the extra that they may not like. But it's risk and reward. When you're very, very talented, teams are willing to put up with a little bit more, you know, of your nonsense. And so if there's a team out there that, that needs another guard that's a potential contender and, you know, you have a guy that's banged up or a guy that's not dependable that's in and out of the lineup and you get a chance to bring James Harden over and you don't have to give up the whole kitchen sink, you got to do that because he's a walking 21 and 10. If he feels like it. On the night that he about regular, to be. We're talking about regular season right now. Now, <laughs> playoffs, like you said, playoffs, yeah. you know, it, it could be a whole different story. If he, if he gets upset about something, he'll have four points. Well, and that's, that's the problem with the James Harden, because if you're a contender, so the other way that this normally goes is, okay, he's a damn good player. So if you're a contender, maybe I'm a James Harden away from an NBA title, except for you're not, because James Harden is not reliable in a postseason. So you can't count on that, right? No one's trading, no one's getting towards the trade deadline and thinking, oh, we've got, like, if we trade for that piece, we'll win a chip this year, because he is so unpredictable. In the postseason. Well, this this is why it would be great to trade for him because he can't be unpredictable in the last year of his deal. That's true. He he wants, in order he for his to career to continue and he wants to play ball, he's on the last year of his deal. If you show out and do something that's detrimental to a franchise or to a team, this could your years could be limited in this league and you want the bag. The only way to get the bag is to go out there and perform. So that's why I feel like, you know, whatever team he's going to go to, he's going to have to perform. You know, he's, this he can't season. go out there. Yeah, this season. He, this he season. Can't go then out he'll there. get paid. <laughs> then yes. he'll get disgruntled in another yeah, year or two. We can't, we're not going to put that on him yet. But, in yeah. you know, history has shown that has been the case. <laughs> but he's go, he, he has to perform this year if, if he wants the bag. I thought there's, no, I liked, there's no way around it. <laughs> I thought I liked to move a lot. I thought I, li- I thought I liked to change the scenery. Nobody likes to change the scenery more than James Harden. We will see if he gets one. Again, the Sixers right now playing tonight in Milwaukee without James Harden. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. Lots of other NBA storylines to get to. Norris Cole is here, so we've got to talk more NBA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive. No Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. We get Norris Cole. He won a couple NBA titles. Decided to go to the postseason, what, six out of 
seven seasons? Yes, ma'am. All right, so so a pretty good run there uh, that Norris Cole had. Is Victor Wembignana going to have that kind of run? Let's talk about Wemby's debut. He made his debut for the San Antonio Spurs. It started off slow, Norris. He was in, in foul trouble early, uh, picked up towards the end of the game. What did you make overall of Wemby's debut? Well, I, th I saw a learning curve, and it's going to be a continuous learning curve. You know, he learned about being in position as a defender and as a screen setter that regular season games are different than preseason. You know, being out of position can cause you to be in foul trouble. You know, not having your you know, footwork and your spacing right for screens can cause you to be in foul trouble. And so I think he learned that first game. <laughs> They will call those fouls when you're out of position, which is good. But I also saw that he stayed locked in and engaged during the game because in the fourth quarter, when it was money time, when the game was close in that hand, he was able to produce for his team, which showed me a lot of maturity for a 19-year-old. Because most, you know, most kids, most players, period, if they're in and out of the game in the fourth quarter, there's no rhythm. So it's hard for them to, to score. It's hard for them to stay locked in like that. And for him to do it, he came in, had nine big points in the fourth. You know, I, I think he showed a lot of maturity, and I think he showed why, you know, he, he has a chance to be very special. I think defensively, he's going to be very, very elite early in his career defensively. Wemby picked up fouls early in the first half. Then he comes out after halftime. He fixed up a couple more within three, three and a half minutes uh, yes. of the third quarter. So then, of course, he gets sat. He's watching his team play for the rest of the third quarter. He comes back in in the fourth quarter, quickly found his way back. You mentioned there that he started working through it and he started actually impacting the game. And it ain't mm -hmm. easy to do. Overall, played 23 minutes. He finished with 15 points. He was six of nine shooting, three of five from deep, five mm -hmm. boards, two assists, two steals, and one block. Overall, a good performance. The thing is, with the expectations that when you come in as the most decorated player coming into the right. league since probably LeBron James, right? I think that's a little overhyped, but yeah. Like overhyped, meaning what? That he... I think people kind of... Gave him like I mean he he is a great prospect don't get me wrong but I think when you start saying things like he's the biggest prospect since LeBron or since like Luau Cinder I mean you know things like when you start saying things like that you you don't give a kid a chance that's right. that's a bit much and plus I feel like you disrespect the guys like like a Zion like a Luca who came into this league and you know Luca put the league on notice like had never been done since LeBron literally. And same thing with Zion's. When Zion was on the court, we had the league had never seen anything like it since maybe like Charles Barkley back in the day. So Zion, Zion's been on the court. <laughs> you didn't see him last that. night. <laughs> I don't remember that. I just I just want to temper down like the expectations of like when you say he's going like a lot of people think he's going to have a chance to be the best player ever. It's like settle down, let him let him learn the game. Like, he has some tools that are freakish yes he does but just let, let's settle down let him figure the game out because i was more concerned that he didn't have more rebounds like i figured rebounding and that size shots, yeah rebounding <laughs> rebounding and blocking shots i figured that was going to be his strength and the scoring was going to come later and so i want to see him get closer to the basket we, i know he can shoot the three but i want to see him get closer to the basket because the shots that he made in the fourth quarter we're like in that mid-range, catching in that mid-post because he can shoot over anybody. And so that's what I would like to see a little bit more.
I'm taking shots at Zion. He did put up 23 last night, seven boards as they beat the Grizz last night for the Pels. 16 consecutive. And or, I did, or no, 12 consecutive I know, points I in know. a row. Well, the man's yeah, out there. Yeah, He's great. That, the, the pro, well, I, all right, but I mean, you got to be out there. And I have to see it more than a game here and there, frankly. But the thing this is, is with Zion is he came in the league with so much hype that I actually said about Wemby, I thought it was as much hype as anybody since Zion. I mean, it hasn't been that long, right? Like, we always right. do that. We're always like, nobody since LeBron James. And frankly, like you said, Luca, Zion, there's been other dudes who've come into the league with monster hype. Wemby's one of those guys... The height factors into this, but like Zion, and Zion was phenomenal in the moments that we've seen him, but we've also seen what has happened to his career so far because of injuries, because of the inability to stay on the court, because of some of the weirdness as well that's gone on surrounding that situation with Zion. These things are incredibly unpredictable. I heard our morning show this morning having a conversation about Will Wenby win, you know, like over under with three NBA titles and multiple MVPs and all this stuff. And it's like, nah, you got to take the under on that because the dude has played a game. Right. <laughs> Literally take it a easy. Game. Like, let's calm down. <laughs> let's give him time. It wasn't flawless in his debut. He hasn't he's not in the hole yet. OK, there's some steps that he has to take until he gets there. So the Spurs, Wembenyama, they're on their way. But we got to right. give it a little need time some more play. talent too to win a championship. He's going to need more than just Wimby. You need a lot to win the championship. A lot. So there's going to need to be some pieces around him. Let's talk about some teams, though, that frankly already have those pieces in place. The Bucks and the Celtics in the East. That's an interesting conversation because both of these teams look very, very different than they did last season. One of these teams made it further, of course, than the other in the postseason last season. But both of these teams now look poised to win an NBA title. Who are you giving the nod to with the Bucks or the Celtics? That's so tough. It's a, tough. That it's conversation so is very tough. tough because they both have really good pieces and really good things that I like about each of them. I'm about to say, and their strengths are different. You mm -hmm. know, very, the Bucks. The Bucks are formed for interior defense. They have a lot of height, a lot of athleticism. They have some shooting as well. Obviously, with Dame and with um, you know Porter can shoot and what's the guy uh, McConnell McConnellton. That's how you say his name. And he can shoot. And then Middleton, when he comes back from injury, he'll be able to shoot the ball too. But they're built for interior defense defending the rim. The Celtics, on the other hand, they got rid of, you know, their rim protector mm -hmm. and kind of their depth. And they went full out shooting, scoring. And they brought in Drew for perimeter defense and Jalen Brown. But, like, they went out full shooting. Porzingis is a shooter. They use Al Horford now as a shooter. So they – Joe Mazzula went, like, all offense – with a little bit of defense. And so it's interesting to see, you know, it's like styles make fights. You know, when the when they make their threes, when the Celtics make their threes, they can beat anybody. But when they're missing, that plays into the Bucks' hand because you're talking about rebounding. Now you're talking about transition. Now you're talking about racking up fouls because Giannis is going to constantly put pressure on you. So I would say I'm going to give the Bucks the edge right now because I, I believe if Giannis is healthy – I believe he can beat anybody in the East. I, I believe last year, I know our Heat, you know, made it to the finals last year, but I believe if Giannis is healthy, I think they, they make it to the finals. And I think they can, he's one of the few people that can match Joker play for play, bucket for bucket, you know, impact for impact in this league. I think that it's interesting because typically I would say, well, the team with the best player, that's the team I'll give the nod to because that's typically how the NBA works when you're dealing with a sport with rosters as small as the NBA has. Mm -hmm. Giannis is the best player. 
if you're comparing these two teams, right? That's not a conversation. Sure, Tatum's great. He ain't Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I would typically give the nod to the Bucs. I do think, though, defensively, I, obviously you have Giannis. However, defensively, I do think there's questions there with the Bucs and what they did in getting rid of Holiday, bringing in Dame, who's not great defensively, of course. Are you just going to be lights out, able to outshoot everybody? With the Seas, I had that same concern originally. And when they move on from Marcus Smart and they move on from some of their size, and they bring in Porzingis, and Porzingis is coming off of a good, quietly the best year of his career with True. Washington that nobody was really watching. And I thought, okay, but I'm not going to say that they're better because I didn't like what they were doing defensively. Then they brought in Drew Holiday. And <laughs> yes. as I a love Heat Drew fan, too, I hated. I, I, I just think he's a good fit, you know? Like, as a Heat fan, I, I just hate that. You know, I hate that they did make the moves, the spacing that they can have now with Kristaps Porzingis. It is a tough conversation. It'll be a battle between those two throughout the regular season. Coming up next, we go back to the NFL. Is Dalvin Cook looking into requesting a trade? A big deal or not a big deal? Bills, Bucks, Thursday night action right now. The Bills up on the Bucks, 17 to 10. We're going to continue to keep you updated on all of the live action in that game. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Norris Cole in tonight for Ian. There is two minutes left, by the way, in the first half in that Bucks Bills game. But let's find out what is a big deal and what's not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? Hello, James Steele for the 400th time tonight. How many times have you said your own name? That's what I want to (laughs) know. The bosses tell me I have to, man. Reset, reset, reset. Then then people want to know who you are. are. Come on. My goodness, Amber. Hello, James Steele. Pro Bowl running back Dalvin Cook. Admitting he's frustrated in a reduced role with the New York Jets, said Thursday he will speak to his agent and general manager Joe Douglas about the possibility of a trade. Cook, who had only three carries for 12 yards in the Jets' last game, a week six victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, has been the subject of trade speculation. The trade deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Amber, Dalvin Cook, looking for a trade away from the Jets, who he just signed with not too long ago. Big deal, not a big deal. We had Delvin Cook's agent on the show, remember? Or was that back when it was Joe and Amber? I don't know. I can't keep track. Uh, uh, that this... wasn't that wasn't our show. You took it to the oh, mornings I with did. you. Oh, I did. I had yeah. him on the yeah, morning show when yeah. I was hosting the morning show. Yeah. Point is, I had uh-huh. the agent. Yeah. Delvin Cook agent. But you had the agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big I, deal, I not a big corrected. deal. That was a, that was, that was a big deal uh-huh. uh, that I stood See? you up with the big-time guests. The point is, I just wanted to let everybody know that I knew Dalvin Cook's agent. Nevertheless, uh, (laughs) this is not a big deal at this point because Dalvin Cook, I I feel like he made his bed. He's lying in it. However, this whole scenario with Dalvin Cook has not gone as I expected. I did not like as a Dolphins fan when he signed with the Jets, in part because, of course, the other team he was considering was the Miami Dolphins. They had an offer for him on the table, but also because I thought he was going to make the New York Jets exponentially better. I thought Brees Hall was going to take longer to get back to form than he has taken. He's been essentially Dalvin Cook, a non-factor there for New York. That's been surprising. Uh, I like that, obviously, as a Miami Dolphins fan, but it feels like that now Dalvin Cook has some regret. I don't see them trading him or they're trading him it's not going to be anything significant this really doesn't feel like a huge deal to me at this point he's on a short deal with them yeah I don't think it's a big deal either I mean 
you, you signed there. Things didn't work out. A-Rod got hurt. Priest came back sooner than expected. Just got to rock out with it. He's on a $7 million one-year deal there in New York. Mm, that would be so much different if it was a one-year $7 million in Miami. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't York think they State offered him seven. Miami. If they had offered him seven, he would have been in Miami because Dalvin, uh, it seemed like very much wanted to be in Miami, but the New York Jets were offering the most. I mean, those, he chased those, the bag. Those running backs are banged up again. So they, maybe, they are. Maybe a I second mean, the, chance. And that's the thing is, is maybe, but if you're Miami, yeah. Like, what are you going to, you're not get, what are you giving up for him at this point? Now that you know, you have a Chan, right. And Mostert, was like the best back in the league before the injuries. You know, like what are you giving up? The the running backs room in Miami has looked significantly better than we thought it was going to look when Dalvin Cook was considering coming to Miami. And now we know why the Dolphins didn't offer him seven million dollars. Exactly. Speaking Smart of the move. Dolphins, Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill returned to practice Thursday after missing Wednesday's practice Cheetah. with a hip injury. <laughs> and said he will play in Sunday's game against the Patriots. He was officially listed as a limited participant in Thursday's practice. Hill has received uh, veteran rest days in the past, but the team's injury report Wednesday made it clear his absence was injury-related. Norris, big deal, not a big deal. Tyree kills hip. Big deal. You ever seen the cheetah try to run full speed with a banged-up hip? Doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen that well even though he's still going to be 80% faster than everyone else. Um, I think if, if he's ready to go without compromising himself, they'll put him out there. But if there's any chance of compromising him, it makes no sense to play him this week. They have bigger fish to fry. This this team is built to, to potentially, you know, win in the postseason, and you have to have the cheetah. It's important to Tua's success. It's important to Waddle's success. It's important to the franchise's success. So it's definitely a big deal. If he can't go – Sit him out. But if he can go, that offense is one of the best in the league, actually the best right now. I, it's a big deal because it's, of course, Tyreek Hill. It's such an Absolutely. integral piece of what the Miami Dolphins do, and they need him. And also it's a hip injury, which could be very scary for <laughs> a guy playing his position with the kind of speed that he normally exemplifies. It feels like to me that Tyreek is is saying like he's fine, like he's almost going rogue a little bit. The team was being far more coy. We don't know if Tyreek's going to be able to go this week and Tyreek just comes out and he, oh, I'm going, I'm playing. I'm playing against the Patriots. And I hope if he's doing that and he knows his body better than anybody else, I hope he knows darn well that there is no chance that this thing becomes a worse injury because I do not want him out there against the Patriots. If it is something that he could aggravate further or something that he could rip or take or step wrong because of because he's not 100% and blow out his knee or whatever these chain reactions that we see in athletes when one little thing is tweaked I don't want to deal with any of that with Tyreek Hill he's far too important to the long-term success of this Dolphins team be careful Tyreek okay it's the Patriot like that's a good defense but we'll be okay okay he be trying to get that record protect Amber, yourself he, that's exactly what it is he is you're right record. You're not going to get 2,000 yards with a bum hip. So let's worry first about right. health and second about break, blowing out of the water any, any NFL records. Exactly. Cheetah! All right, it's time for the progressive MLB snapshot. The Arizona Diamondbacks have defied the odds every step of the way in making it to the World Series. 
uh, using naysayers' doubts as fuel. If you're, quote, if you're in any sort of competitive field and somebody tells you that you can't do something or they think someone can do it better than you, I think that's kind of the main reason probably why you're where you are today. Game 1 starter Zach Gallen said Thursday afternoon. Obviously, we talked about it yesterday, Amber. Mad Dog saying he was going to retire <laughs> if, the, if the Diamondbacks lost to Game 6 and 7 in Philadelphia to the Phillies. It happened. Uh, not the somehow, retiring. The retiring well, yeah, the, did the, not the, happen. Somehow, somehow Mad Dog uh, you know, snuck his way out of uh, the reti- actually retiring part. But the Diamondbacks heard him loud and clear after the game. Uh, Tori Lovello uh, mentioned that they, were, they wanted to uh, put Mad Dog into retirement. Uh, the players in the locker room were chanting Ma- Mad Dog as they were spraying beer everywhere. Uh, so, Amber, big deal, not a big deal. The, the Diamondbacks are still hearing uh, all their naysayers. I mean, obviously it's a big deal, but also they've been using it as fuel. I think it was Buster Olney on with us yesterday who said this would be like the first time in the history of sports the team that actually says everybody counted us out was was right, that everybody did count them out because you get that a lot, Norris. You get, you know, LeBron James, I want my damn respect. And then he drops the mic after winning the title for the Lakers. And it's like, yo, LeBron, who doesn't respect you on planet Earth, right? Like a lot of you guys, and I, by you guys, I mean professional athletes, a lot I of you guys, it. because yep. you're ultimate competitors, you play with a chip on your shoulder. And if you're the greatest, you have to find the chip, right? Or if you're the best mm-hmm. team and you're the team on that championship run, you have to find, you have to start manufacturing the chip because the chip doesn't always exist on the shoulder. Well, for the D-backs, they don't have to manufacture that thing. Nobody believed in this team the entire season. Nobody saw this coming. The guys on this team didn't see this championship run coming. So, yeah, it's a big deal. They barely made the postseason. (laughs) It's it's unbelievable. It's definitely a big deal. I think it's a big deal for both teams. I mean, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, they were two of the you know, worst teams in the last over the last two years. I think they lost over a hundred games <laughs> the last couple of years. So definitely a big deal. Um, but their their bullpen, man, they pulled it out to be able to strike out and you know keep keep that offense from Philadelphia from striking up at home. You know that was impressive to to see them control that game defensively. And so shout out to Diamondbacks. It's definitely a big deal. They're closers. Yes. Legit. legit. I mean, Matt Harper was like over in the last game. No one holds him like that when it counts the most. Uh, That was the MLB Snapshot brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Uh I like when you do my job. I appreciate, I do. I appreciate, I love the heavy lifting. More of that. Let's just start teeing you up for all the, all the liners. Now you're being a team player. It's kind of working into a, into a a fancy segment like that. I like that Matt Lack's giving you a round of applause. I did a great job. I mean, I I gotta say. That'd be the studio audience, Amber. Uh, I'm sorry, the studio audience giving you a a round of applause. All right. Flawless delivery. So, uh, Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson rented out an entire Waffle House on Wednesday night to celebrate uh, his wife Ciara's 38th birthday. He, uh, he, he dolled up the, the, the place with a red carpet, balloons, and all that stuff and surprised Ciara uh, for her birthday. Uh, Norris, uh, big deal, not a big deal. Russell Wilson uh, <laughs> using a Waffle House uh, for his wife's birthday. 
big deal for the family. You know, got to take care of your wife. What they say, what's the saying? Happy wife, happy, happy wife, life. Happy, yes. Is that what they be saying? Smart man, Norris yeah, Cole. You, know, You're not, you don't even have a wife yet, and you already know. <laughs> Smart man, you're well on your way. So big deal for that. But for us in the world of sports, no, this is not a big deal. What goes on in your home, what you do for your lady, keep that to yourself. We want to see you win football games. That's what we care about over here. So not a big deal in the world of sports. But, you know, he definitely probably earned some points in his home life. I'm sure she'll reward him in some type of way. I think that we don't want to see him win a football game this week, though. Well, okay. Let's just be clear. Uh, no, I'm just like saying the world of sports, though. No, the world don't of sports. listen to James. He's just saying that because they're playing the Chiefs, and James is obsessed with the Chiefs. So any Yeah, Chiefs I know. I know. I'm sovereign. obsessed. Uh, obsessed. Uh, so back to the story at hand, Russell Wilson renting out an entire Waffle House for Sierra's birthday. And that is a big deal because first of all, Waffle House is awesome. Okay. I, I mean, a pecan really? waffle at Waffle House. Uh, it, what is it? Capped and smashed and whatever. I haven't eaten at Waffle House. I don't think since college when I used to live off of them, but in my younger days, <laughs> I used to tear up Waffle House. You're shocked, James, right? I know. It's not kale. I used to eat at Waffle this House a lot when a I was young. complete wow. upset here. I, know. I have no you, idea what's happening right now. What a revelation. <laughs> right? Yes, it is. It's crazy. I even ate a waffle, which is carbs. It's wild. I used to do that when I was a little bit younger. And I loved it. And this is dope. Renting out a Waffle House also, I think it's funny because it's Waffle House. He could be renting out a five-star steakhouse for her because these people are rich and famous and a Waffle House. That's an awesome move. This is why people hate Russell Wilson, though, because it's Hollywood, because he's married to a Hollywood star and a music star and because they're they're everywhere as stars are. And I feel like that people are able to pile on him more. So inevitably, they'll lose to the Chiefs. And then somehow it'll be that he's not focused enough on football because he's too focused on renting out Waffle House. Well, you know what, Russell Wilson? I feel like you're doing just fine because the reality is if in most men in America were married to Sierra, they'd probably be focusing on her just a little bit as well. I like every bit of that, James, but my favorite part is the way she just floated dope in there. Dope. Waffle House, dope. It's true. <laughs> there's, there's so much happening in that. It's a lot going on right three now. Minutes what is up, fellow segment. kids? It's a lot going on right now. Hey, but we gave Waffle House a big plug. Hey, Waffle House, how about y'all repay us for some of that? Give us some free meals, some sponsorship. You, you know, go. we're ready to go. <laughs> Me and Amber, hey, we could definitely, you know, use some of that. Yeah, there you go. I mean, when it comes to sponsorships, I mean, whatever. Shout out, I. I mean, I'm for sale. You know, whatever. I. Whoever wants to get. Hey, I'm with you, Amber. Sponsored by <laughs> I Hop or Waffle House now, Amber. Maybe when you were in college, you couldn't. Nah, for now. Sure. Hey, I'd have not to, just listen, for her, for the family. I'll make. I'll make an exception. Uh, I will eat a, again a pecan waffle from Waffle House. They're making fun of me, Norris, because typically I'm a very healthy eater. Uh, so Waffle House is probably pizza. not. Do they even have a Waffle House? I'm with island? you though. I'm the same I way. Also, I had I kale today. I also tend to be very bougie in my, you know, elder years here. I'm very bougie. So I'm, Waffle I'm House for all that, Amber. Hey, listen, you ain't, you're not, you're not scaring me. I'm, I'm with all that. <laughs> James doesn't know there was a life before this bougie, like healthy eating girl. Okay. And it, and you, that life was Waffle House. <laughs> it involved Waffle House. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. We are going to make our official picks for week eight in the NFL. Can we take down Mike Greenberg once again? That's next. 
Coming down the stretch here on Amber and Ian, presented by Progressive. Norris Cole filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. You can find him at Norris Cole on the gram. He doesn't follow anybody. But like 400,000 people follow him. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. I got like 10,000 people. <laughs> Who care to follow me? I need more. Please follow me. I'll fo- I might, maybe I'll follow you. I follow some people. Probably won't follow you back. I should be waiting to throw that in the universe. James, you have something to chime into this conversation? No, I, was just, I was just wondering what, what we have to do to get a follow, you know? Oh, I, mean, I know. That, well, that's now my, my life goal is to get a follow from Norris Cole. Me and my like 80 followers on Instagram. <laughs> uh, apparently I very like hard. I put me on the spot trying to make me look bad. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not antisocial. Yeah, he I know you no guys friends. in real life now. We have we have each other's phone numbers on the thread, on, on the text That's group chat. That's not how it now. works. We don't do the real life thing in 2023. We do the social media thing. The friendships and the family relationships, you don't actually love anybody unless you post it on the gram, Norris. You know how this works in 2023. So again, at Norris Cole, you can also find him on X at PG30 underscore Cole. The, world to the, the road to the World Series it runs right here through ESPN Radio. We are here. Game one tomorrow night. Coverage will begin here on ESPN Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen to it, of course, on the ESPN app. So no Amber and Ian tomorrow night, but you do get Amber and Ian tonight. And during Amber and Ian, we've got some NFL action. Right now, the Bucks and Bills are at halftime. The Bills leading the way, 17-10. to 10. Also in the NBA, Norris, the 76ers and, and Milwaukee Bucks coming down to the wire. Sixers up now, three, I believe, with about eight minutes left over the Bucks tonight. This one has been back and forth. Everybody's balling out in this game. Well, not James Harden, because of course he's not there, but everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they're about four actually right now, 98 to 94. It's, man, that was a big turnaround in the second half. Yeah, big turnaround in the second half by Philadelphia. Joel has put up 20 points tonight. Tyrese Maxey, 24. Tobias Harris has also dropped in 17 tonight. Giannis, 19. Dame, 25 points so far. Kelly Oubre Jr. got 25 off the bench. That's the game right there. Wow, Uh, that is wild. Well, there you go. When you get that kind of help off the bench, it's very helpful for the 76ers. So we'll see when that one comes down to the wire. But shout out to is, the role players. I was a role is, player. Shout out to the role hey, players. That's you know, shout, that's shout what it comes down players. to. It's that depth, it's those role players. That's why you got those Larry's behind you, right? Absolutely. So there Absolutely. you go. That hardware, that Norris Cole won. Back to back NBA champion Norris Cole. But let's talk some NFL. It is week eight. We have to make our official week eight picks. This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. All right, Norris. So the way this works is we're up against all the other radio shows, okay? And mm-hmm. it's been tough sledding for Amber and Ian. Now, given we've had a very inconsistent October in terms of even being on air because of baseball, I'm going to blame it on that. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but I just feel like that's to blame. Yeah, so uh, Carlin versus Joe is 15-6. and six. And game night, they're 15-6. and six. They're uh, tied at the top of the standings. Fred and Harry, 13-8. and eight. Uh, unsportsmanlike, which is abbreviated in USL. I'm not sure why. 11 to, uh, they're 11 and 10. Um, we are 8 and 13, which Oof. isn't great, but at least Greeny is worse at 6 and Thank 15. Thank you, Greeny. I appreciate we you appreciate in you, so many ways. Yeah, shout out to Greeny for just being worse than Amber and Ian. Let's see if we can help things out tonight. The Jags at the Steelers. 
Jags are favored in this one by two and a half. I'm tempted to take the Jags in this game, though. I feel good about where Jacksonville is. They're coming off of a four-game winning streak. The Steelers, Mike Tomlin still somehow doing Mike Tomlin-type stuff. And that team wins games, but I don't really know how. Is Kenny Pickett good? I'm not so sure. Like, that Steelers team to me is not good, uh, even though the coaching staff is. I feel like this Jags team, although a slow start to the season, is good so i will take the jaguars there do you have an objection to that norris are you okay with that i really do but you like the steelers in that matchup i I really yes i like the steelers at home in that matchup because of because of what home field advantage i mean did they or did they not beat lamar jackson led team Oh, and that's what it is, because you're a Lamar Jackson guy. So, of course, if they can beat the Ravens. It's, it's, it's at Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, I know. I know. I just feel like the Jags have really turned things around. We'll see. Okay. I'll go Jags, but go I Jags. probably should go with Norris Cole's pick, the way things have gone for me in this pick challenge. Rams at Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by six in this one. Uh, I'm... I'm going to take the Cowboys. That line's like six is a lot of points, but I'm going to take the Cowboys in this matchup. Concur? I concur. Okay, you concur. Browns at Seahawks. We did not get to this game earlier. By the way, if you missed anything here on Amber and Ian, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Browns at Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored in this game by four points. No Deshaun Watson in this game. Oh, I hate this game. I might go Browns because ah, four feels like a lot of points. I think I'm going Browns, that Browns defense. I believe in it. Q Myers is a lot better at this than I am, though. He's coming up next.